Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us today, um, you faithful in the room, you faithful online. Um, so, so thankful for you being here today. Um, you never know on a Christmas or a, a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, all this kind of stuff. You never know who's going to be around. It could be a big group. It could be nobody. So I'm glad that you guys are here this morning. Um, as we start, um, I'm going to ask you a question before we pray. There's an old saying. It goes like this. Don't put the cart before the what? Don't put the cart before the what? Horse. Good. What does that mean? Don't get ahead of yourself. Make sure you have the things in order that need to be in order. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to come back to that idea. You're going to be wondering through this message, where does this cart before the horse come in? Don't worry, it'll make sense in a little bit. But as we start today, just say that with me one more time. Don't put the cart before the horse. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I just pray that as we worship you this morning, as we come into your word, that you would um, empower us by your word, that you would speak uh, your biblical truth into our hearts, Lord, that you would prophesy over this year to us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Lord, may there be less of me and more of you this morning. Open our hearts and minds to receive this beautiful message that you put on my heart to share. Um, and Lord, we might see what we're made of, what our potential is, and what you're calling us to in this new year. And Lord, bless um, this message in our time together. And may it resonate in our hearts more than just today, but in the weeks to come and the months to come as well. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, uh, I say this every time I'm up, but for those of you who don't know who I am, we've got some visitors this morning. I'm Alex uh, Duarte. I'm the family youth music minister here um, at, at New Covenant, and we're thankful that you're here with us this morning. For those of you online, um, welcome, welcome, welcome again, again, again. Um, may you be blessed by uh, this message today. So we started out by saying, don't put what? Good, okay. <laughs> Mary Cole's looking at me like, if you say that one more time. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And I, I do have this. This is going to make sense in a little bit too. Uh, we have, we have, I have some teaching for us today as well. But today's message, beloved, is all about something that God put on my heart years ago when I was in Australia. That would have been, what, three or four years now. Um, that I started to hear this message. And each year, as I come into a new year, I keep asking the Lord, <coughs> kind of the week before, right, at, during Christmas, I asked Jesus, does this message still apply for this year? And the Lord said to me, yeah, yes, it applies to the house of worship in which you serve. Preach it, son, and preach it well. So the message this morning is God sees your potential. The question is, do you? And if you've ever spent time with me hanging out um, just around the church or doing ministry stuff, you've probably heard me say this before. Raise your hand if you've heard me say this before. Huh? Scott's heard it. Anybody else? Zach has heard it. Riley, have you heard it? Barbara? Maybe it's the first time hearing it. <laughs> right? Ron's heard it. God 
seize your potential. Do you. Do you see what you are capable of? Do you see what God has made you for? That's what we're going to be exploring today as we come into this new year. Again, Happy New Year. My question to you is, do you know what you're made of? Do you know what your potential is? So as we start out, I know a lot of us probably have been reflecting this morning about last year. Give me a thumbs up, a thumbs in the middle, or a thumbs down. How was last year for you? <laughs> got some of these? I got some people who were like, yeah! Anybody go give me one of these? Anybody in the room? No? You all had a perfect year? Wow. No struggles last year then. Mm. I think we've all had some of this this last year, right? Maybe we're reflecting on some of those things. Maybe we're looking at the new year ahead and we're kind of feeling overwhelmed. Maybe there's some things in this new year that you know are kind of looming, that you're kind of going, I'm starting out like this, but I'll be honest, as you know, this keeps going, it's going to be, well, wait a second. Let's pause on that before you get overwhelmed this morning. So let's go to this next slide. Let's look at this. How was 2022? Good, bad, ugly, right? And did you focus more on limitations or potential in 2022? I just want you to think about that for a second. Is 2022 filled with I'm, I'm worthless, I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable enough. Nobody will love me. What's there to love? Limitations. Or did you spend the last year going, man, God's made me to do incredible things. There's nothing he can't do through me or with me. I can do everything with Christ who what? Strengthens me, right? Christ strengthens us to do incredible things. And what will you be focusing on in 2023? Will you be focusing on your potential? I pray that you do. That's what this whole message is about. Or are you going to be focusing on the limitations in front of you? So think that about that as we go into today's message. God sees your potential, not your limitations. Our theme verse for today is this. 1 Samuel 16, 7. This time I preach, I take something out of that scripture that we look at. And uh, this is kind of one of my favorite scriptures of all time now. I, I've shared this many, many times when I was in Australia um, when I was working there, I, I used to teach um, theology at a boys' school and a girls' school. Because um, in Australia, you can still teach theology in schools. It's part of the public curriculum, actually, um, to teach uh, religion. So whether you're a Hindu, you go to Hindu class. If you're a Jew, you go to the Jewish class. If you're a Christian, you go to Christian class. And the Christian classes are funny because there'll be the Baptist youth pastor, there'll be the Catholic youth pastor, there'll be the Lutheran youth pastor, there'll be the non-denom pastor, right? And then all the kids that kind of don't sign up too quickly, they all just throw them into a class. And that was my class. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Baptists and Anglicans and Uniting Church of Christ and Catholics and, and what did they say? They said, what the heck is a Lutheran, Mr. Alex? I said, let's just talk a lot about grace, okay? That's kind of what we're going to do this whole year. It was hilarious, right? Right, I used to tell them, lots of second chances, that's what Lutherans are all about. 
I said, not too much movement, but God will get us there, you know, because we take our second chances too seriously. But this is one of my theme verses that I used to put up on one of my whiteboards in my classroom in Australia and when I taught for a, a brief time here in the States. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or his height. By the way, we're not talking about David. We're talking about one of David's big brothers. Samuel really thought David's big brothers would have been great kings. We're going to talk about that in a second. But God was telling this to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Talking of David's brothers. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. Some of you might remember a, a few times that I've used this in sermons in the last year. Today we're going to dive deep into what this means. Today we're going to look at David and we're going to look at Jesus. Because like I said, we're still in the Christmas season right now. And if you want to understand anything about the beginning of Jesus' life, it's really cool to go look at David's life. Jesus is this 2.0 version of what the king of Israel is supposed to look like. But the funny thing is he does everything upside down and backwards to what the Israelites were expecting. They wanted this warrior king like David. And Jesus comes and says, my sword is love, not Goliath's sword. Did you know that? After David kills Goliath, he takes Goliath's sword himself and cuts off Goliath's head. You didn't know that? That's the PG-13 version that's in scripture. We usually don't talk about that with the little kids, right? But it's true. When David killed Goliath, he picked up Goliath's giant sword with two hands and cut off his own head and walked into Jerusalem with Goliath's head. Little tiny scrawny guy. Amazing. That's David. And then Jesus comes in and goes... When, when one of his disciples cuts off an ear, what does he do? Puts it back on. Hey, take it easy, man. Totally different kind of king. It's interesting. Let's look at this. David's limitations and his potential. So much of David's life is what his victories are. Who does he kill? He kills David and Goliath, right? So what's another thing that David does? He defeats the Philistines in his, his military career, in his campaign. Um, how does his family life? <laughs> It'd be a great drama on TV, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's a lot of brokenness in David's family, um, just like the rest of us, amen? Just like the rest of us, amen? Amen. All right, we all have brokenness, but... Uh, but David, right, he's, he's uh, got this really cool thing that happens before the story of Goliath. If you, if you know David's story, if you spend time in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, this is a lot of um, David and his family. It's kind of the, if you like drama, check out those, check out those books. Um, that's better than Yellowstone. So <laughs> Steve and I have been watching a lot of Yellowstone. <laughs> but um, 1 Samuel 16 4 to 13 and 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37 talks about how God sees David's potential in the field when he's a shepherd. When he's watching after the sheep and he's sitting underneath the tree with his harp and he's singing songs to the sheep. Something crazy happens before Goliath. This bear comes and attacks the sheep and David kills it with his bare hands. And then a lion shows up 
got them in out of order there. A lion shows up first, and then a bear shows up, and he kills both of them with his bare hands. Absolutely amazing. David was a young guy, tiny little guy. He's a handsome young man, but um, wow. Who saw that when he did that? God himself was the only one who was there. What things have you done in secret that the Lord is looking at you and going, whew, there's a lot of potential there. Some of us are going, I don't want to talk about what I've done in secret. That's limitation. No, no. I want you to think this morning about what you've done in secret that the Lord knows about in that secret place. Are you spending time in God's word or maybe you're talking with a friend or maybe you're praying and you're, you're just coming before the Lord. Do you know that he sees potential in that? He does. He sees what we do in secret and it's not always bad. It's not good to hear. It's good news for my heart. I think so many times we think about the negative of what we're doing in secret. Yes, if you're sinning in secret, turn from your sins, repent, and go the other way. You are forgiven. Confess it. But know that there's things that you do in secret that God is proud of as well. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, God calls David to be the new king. He doesn't look at his outward appearance, but instead he looks at his heart. It's amazing. You know, David's father and Samuel, the prophet alike, this is the story in just a nutshell. Let me give you Alex's summary of it. Samuel is a prophet. Um, he's actually a judge in the Old Testament in the land of Israel. He's the last judge. His sons try to be judges, um, but they get bribed so much that they kind of just don't judge anything well. So Samuel is the last good judge. Um, if you know these stories. And what happens is Samuel is told by God in a message and a vision to go to the city of Bethlehem, which who's born in Bethlehem? Jesus. Same as David. That's why the city of Bethlehem is known as the city of David. Um, it's really just a small town, right? But um, Samuel has this vision from the Lord, says, go to Bethlehem, take a heifer with you, and go and do a sacrifice and invite this guy named Jesse with you, because this is right after Saul, the king who's in charge at this point, has failed miserably in Israel. So Samuel goes to, to Bethlehem, takes this cow with him. Uh, they do this whole um, sacrifice. He invites this guy named Jesse, and he goes, by the way, during the sacrifice, I want you to look at Jesse's sons and pick the next king. Now, I'm going to tell you who the next king is. It's not going to be who you expect. And Samuel goes, absolutely. Okay, so he goes to Jerusalem does this, or not Jerusalem, he goes to Bethlehem, does this thing. He sees David's sons, or David's, Jesse's sons show up. And he looks at all of them and he goes, these guys, each one of them could be a perfect king. They're all huge, monstrous men, right? They're like those linebackers that everybody's, yeah, right? The quarterback, right? All that stuff. I don't know sports. I'm just throwing things out there. Uh, goalie? Uh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> what's that? That's soccer? Oh, what? No. No, but uh, he, he looks at all these guys and he goes, wow, God, you have given me the pick of the litter. And he looks at each one of the guys, goes up to him, and he's about to bless him with the oil. And God goes, no. Okay. So he goes to the next guy, no, no. He keeps going down the line. And at the end of the line, God still says no. And Samuel's kind of in a sticky situation. He goes, um, Jesse, do you have any more sons? 
that you haven't told me about? Jesse goes, well, I have this, this scrawny kid who's watching over the sheep right now. Technically, he's my son. What kind of a love from a father, right? Talk about a father wound. <laughs> but, but he finally calls David in, and the second David walks in, like our scripture said, Samuel says, that's the guy. As God speaks to him, the spirit of God <coughs> comes alive in his heart and says, that's the new king, anoint him. Samuel's going, are you sure? Jesse's going, are you sure? All these guys are seeing his limitation. But God sees what? His heart. He sees, what's the word we're using this morning? Potential, right? God sees potential. All they see is a scrawny guy in front of them. All they can see is what they see. They couldn't see the potential that his heavenly father saw. They saw limitation where God saw potential in a shepherd king. Limitations. God doesn't look at what David hasn't done or isn't doing or hasn't done yet. He just looks at his heart. He does not allow David's limitations and stature to fog his vision. How often do you look at yourself in the mirror and all you see is a foggy vision of yourself? Your past is so up in your face, it just, you can't see who you really are in Christ. I've been there, I get it, I do it all the time. But I have to keep coming to the Lord and asking for his perspective. When it comes to potential, God looks at who David is as a whole person. He doesn't look at the outside, only what people see, but he has this incredible insight for David and us. And he sees his heart. He sees his motives. He sees his potential. He sees what he's made for. Are you seeing where we're going with this today? Yes? Are you awake? So let's look at this. Let's connect David and Jesus a little bit. So some Jesus scriptures that have connections to David's early life are in Luke 1, 67 to 80. Um, I would encourage you, by the way, um, why don't you go to the T-chart really quick? I have a chart up there. Um, if anybody wants to take a picture of this with your phone, please, please, please do. I can print this for you after service as well today. But this is a T-chart that I worked on this last week. Annie gave me this great idea. She said, you should look at them both right next to each other. If you want a devotional for this next week, um, as you come into the new year, take a picture and just spend some time in God's word looking at David's life and looking at Jesus' life. Right? Both of them were born in Bethlehem. And that talks about in two different gospels, right? Um, Luke and Matthew, Right? Um, when it comes to, to David being born, it's been 14 generations since Abraham when David is born. He's the first good king that the people of Israel have. On the other side of that, it's been 14 generations from David to exile. And from exile to Jesus, it's been another 14 generations. There's this big number when it comes to 14. Jesus being the king of kings. David 2.0. Okay, I know it's kind of hard to see out there. I'm just going to kind of speak through this a little bit. You know, people only saw David's limitations, not what a king was supposed to be. When Jesus is born into a manger, 
He's not born in a palace. He's born in a feeding trough. Uh, Not what a king is supposed to look like or be. When it comes to David, he is a shepherd, warrior, king. He takes care of sheep, and it made him a great leader. The best prerequisite that David had in being a king was being a good shepherd. What does Jesus call himself? He calls himself the good shepherd. You getting where I'm going with this? Right? He redefines what shepherd and warrior looks like. He fights for his children, us being his sheep. Just like David, he has a heart to defend us from those lions, those bears, that Goliath in our lives. He even was so strong. This is where we start to see the change between David and Jesus. He's so strong he can defeat sin, death, and the devil. Amazing. David had so many broken relationships in his family. It was crazy. Who does this start with? David and who? Bathsheba. Don't be hanging out on top of your roof for too long, gentlemen. (laughs) Right? Right? We need to be mindful. (laughs) Phyllis liked that one. Right? Thank you, Phyllis. Somebody's laughing this morning. David had so many broken relationships, and every time he tried to mend a relationship, it usually got worse. And the beautiful thing that I love is if you go to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20, it talks so beautifully about how Jesus is all about restoring all of creation to himself, restoring relationships. Jesus is in the restoration business. Why do you think he was a carpenter? See where I'm going with this? So good. I'm sure somebody came to Jesus and said, hey, I've got this table that's been kind of out in the rain for a while. Could you restore it? He goes, oh, yeah, I'll restore it. You want to talk about your broken relationship with your spouse? (laughs) Like, let's restore that too. Jesus was in the business of restoration. David failed as a king in this place, but Jesus, on the other side of that, does better. David dies when he becomes 70 years old. His reign only lasted 40 years. After David, who became king? King Solomon, his son. Then it was the reign of Solomon. It wasn't David's reign anymore. Just because then they're the same family, two different kinds of kings. Solomon did a lot of great things that he did, that his dad didn't do so well, but he still imprisoned his own people to build the temple and a palace. He still became wealthy, kind of with back backhanded deals with different nations and different cities around Jerusalem. Solomon still wasn't the best king. Thank God that Jesus' kingdom still reigns right now in our hearts. And when Jesus died, what did he do? He rose again. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. He lives forever in us. This new year, I want you to remember that this, this year. Starting right now, you are a child of God and the spirit of God is alive inside of you. The reign of Jesus still reigns true in you and in me. Now when other people encounter us, there should be something about our character that's so Jesus-like, it's intriguing to others that they go, who's your king? Right? It's not King Charles. As a prior Australian, I can make that joke. He's all right. 
Queen was better, <coughs> but um, it's King Jesus, right? In America, we don't have kings. Actually, as Christians, we do. People say that to me all the time when I make an Australian joke. They go, we don't have the monarchy here. I said, well, if you're a Christian, you do. Calm down. It's not about presence. It's not about who you elect to, to <laughs> rule our lives, but who are we submitting to as the king of our hearts? Let's go back a few slides. Let's look at this. Let's look at those Jesus scriptures and connections really quick. Like I said, right, this is the time of the year where um, we still preach and, and teach into the wise men coming um, in the Gospels, or some churches will focus on maybe the escape, escape to Egypt with Jesus and his parents because Herod's trying to kill all the kids in Bethlehem and in Nazareth, all these kids. And, and what happens in, J in Jesus' early life, um, there's, there's some scriptures that I want to touch on today. We're going to try and catch them all kind of really quick. So in Luke 1, 67 to 80, we have Zechariah um, is, is Jesus' uncle, the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist goes into the wilderness and prepares the way for Jesus in his ministry so that when he's in his 30s, he shows up on the scene and John the Baptist goes, look, everybody, there's my cousin. Oh, by the way, that's God. Come and be baptized. Jesus says, you baptize me. Right, so John the Baptist is, is the son of Zechariah. And when Zechariah finds out um, who John, that John the Baptist is, being, is growing in the womb of Elizabeth, his wife, the Lord mutes his mouth and says, you cannot speak until this boy is born. And when he is born, I'm going to open your mouth and you're going to prophesy. You're going to speak, speak God's biblical truth into the situation and you're going to speak about my coming Messiah through your son. And it's really cool. In, in verse 68, it says this about Jesus. He says, he has provided for us a mighty savior. Talking about God and his son. A descendant of his servant who? David. First connection. Simeon then happens later when it's about a week later, Jesus goes to the temple with Mary and Joseph um, to be circumcised and to be named. Jesus isn't actually named until about a week later. So he's just kind of God baby. <laughs> right? Side note, in my life when I was 18, I, my mom gave me all my medical records. And uh, they never changed my name legally in the medical system in Seattle. So my name was Baby Boy Duarte. So I kind of relate with Jesus on this. Um, I said, Are, do you have any files under Alexander Duarte? And they said, uh, there's a Baby Boy Duarte. <laughs> So my first name in the medical system was Baby Boy. <laughs> but Simeon is this incredible man of God who stays in the temple day and night, night and day. And he's an old man, and he really wants to see the Messiah. And in verse 30 to 33, it says this in Luke, With my own eyes I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, of all peoples a light to reveal your will to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at these things that Simeon said about him. Let's keep going. In that same hour, um, there was a prophetess. I'm going to explain what prophecy is in a second. Who was in the temple as well. And she was there night and day, day and night, worshiping, fasting the Lord. 
She was just in, enthralled with the presence of God. This is the story it talks about in Luke chapter 2, 36 to 38. It says this. There was a very old prophetess, a widow named Anna, daughter of Faul, of the tribe of Asher. She had been married for only seven years and was now 84 years old. She never left the temple. Day and night she worshiped God, fasting and praying. In that very same hour, she arrived and gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting for God to set Jerusalem free. So we have Zechariah, we have Simeon, we have Anna. Who else do we have? We have the teachers in the law later when he's 12. It says this, he says, he answered them, Jesus talking to his parents. They said, where did you go? They lost Jesus. Could you imagine being a young parent and losing God? Oof. Right? And it wasn't just for like an hour. They left him for a whole day. They kept walking back home to Nazareth and yeesh, they finally turned around and recognized that Jesus wasn't in the party that they were traveling with. So they go back to the temple. Jesus says to his parents, he answered them, why did you have to look for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Classic scripture, right? But they did not understand his answer. So Jesus went back with them to Naz Nazareth where he was obedient to them. His mother treasured these things in her where? In her heart. So cool. I love when scripture just compliments scripture, don't you? It's so good. Jesus grew both in body and in wisdom, gaining favor with God and people. <coughs> Friends, there's so many correlations, so many connections with Jesus and David. I think a lot of those things that were spoken to, to Jesus in his early years were more for his parents. Who knows what the word prophecy means? We don't talk about it as in the Lutheran church at all. We really need to because it's theologically something that Jesus is all about. What is the word prophecy? What have you understood prophecy to be? Speak to me. Talk to me, church. Foretelling? Vision? What's that? Future? Truth? Who's afraid of the word prophecy when somebody says, I'm going to prophesy this morning? Is that too Pentecostal for us sometimes? A little too non-denom? <laughs> As Lutherans, our stomachs go, hey, 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 we gave you the authority. Oh, wait, the Holy Spirit did. You need to listen to that. Prophecy, friends, I'm going to write this up on the board. Zach, if you want to just uh, fix that camera angle so folks can see online. So prophecy, friends, is um, bringing... God's, let's say the word perspective. Bringing God's perspective into a human situation. Does that make sense? To bring God's perspective into our human situation. So let's talk about this. This is one of my favorite teachings. I did this with a band already today. We're going to do it together as a church. Um, and I hope everybody online can see this too. 
um, that as, <laughs> as we come into this new year, I think it is absolutely crucial for us to understand what a New Year's resolution really should be. If you want to lose weight, go to Jesus. If you want to be nicer, go to Jesus. If you want to be happier, you want to have joy, go to Jesus. If you want to be kind and gentle, where do you go? To Jesus. Um, if you want to make more money, uh, <laughs> that was good, right? Everybody's going, don't say that. No. Right, the Lord might bless you, I don't know, between you and him, but um, no, if we, if we have a New Year's resolution, if we want to better ourselves this next year, we want to see the potential that God has for us rather than our limitations, we need to come to God's perspective. Everybody go like this, like a keyhole. Look around the room through the keyhole. Come on, come on. If you look through the keyhole, you can't see much, can you? Now, let's imagine you're standing there with the keyhole vision, and a car flies by you. What do you see? What's that? A blur, right? What else do you see, maybe? The color? Might see the color of the car. Um, do you see how many people are in the car? Not if it's going 60 miles per hour, right? You're just, just flying by us. If we're standing there, all we can see is this little tiny perspective. This is us with New Year's resolutions. I'm going into 2023. I'm going to accomplish a lot. You can only see the blur, dude. Stop. You want to see a better perspective? You better go to Jesus. Jesus is the one who's going to lead you through 2023. It's not your own ability or your own willpower to will yourself to better yourself. Only the Spirit of God can help you become a better version of yourself. I swear. It's, it's true, beloved. Only Jesus is what will give you power to be able to accomplish more. So how do we get a Jesus perspective? It's what I love that my professor taught me. He said, imagine Jesus is up in a hot air balloon. You see my hot air balloon? You like my little Jesus up here? Should we give him some hair? He might just look like me. I'm trying to be more Christ-like, you know? Right? So Jesus is up in the hot air balloon. When you're in a hot air balloon, you can see where that car started. You can see how many people got in the car. You could even see maybe the argument that the people had in the car. Relatable? Maybe just me. I'm in a young family, so it's always... It's a battle to get everybody in, right? But this car is going this direction, right? You can also see where the car is presently driving. It can go right underneath you. But you can also see where the car is going. All we can do, friends, is we can be here in the present and we can look backwards. That's it. Do we do this too often? Uh, yeah, let's just do this. Eh, don't do that. Stop looking back at 2022. It's done. Today is a new beginning. Jesus is doing a new thing in 2023. In this house of worship and in your life. He is calling us to our potential rather than our limitations. It's time for us to look forward. Let's not put the cart before the... 
Ah, see, it did come back. Imagine Jesus chucking down a, a rope to us. That's his grace. That's his love. That's his forgiveness. And he says, hold on tight. I'm going to pull you up because I'm strong enough. I'm stronger than David. And yeah, I know he de defeated Goliath, but I defeated sin in your life. Grab the rope. Let me pull you up. Come on up here so you can have this perspective in 2023 where we can reflect on your past a little bit. We can look at where you are right now. But most importantly, we can look together where I'm calling you to go. How cool is that? Does this resonate with our hearts this morning? Now, are there different roads to take to get to this destination over here? Yeah, they'll all kind of go over here and maybe like that. Are some of these roads a lot longer than they need to be? Uh-huh. How many times do you drive down a road and there's the end of the road right there? It's a sign and you have to turn back around and go the other direction. We, we need to make sure that we're constantly going up to this perspective to make sure we're on the right track. Because going into this next year, I, I don't want to just keep driving through in a blur and end up in all these different places where it keeps getting harder and harder. I want to come to these places with Jesus from this perspective above and reflect on what God is doing and where he's calling me. I want to bring God's perspective into my human situation. Are you tired of looking through a keyhole? Yes or no? Do you want to sit up in the hot air balloon? Me too. How do you do that? Where do you go? God's word. God's people. Prayer. I want to talk about this as we finish up really quick. Curses and blessings. When Jesse said that his son was a scrawny little guy in the field, was that a blessing or a curse? Curse. If I stub my toe and I say a bad word, is that swearing or is that a curse? Swearing. If I say to Mary, Mary, you're just not cut out for this. Is that swearing or is that a curse? How long does that stick with Mary? might stick with her for her whole life. What curses has someone spoken over you or you have spoken over yourself that's limiting what God is saying? That's our limitation. As human beings, yes, we have a keyhole. That's our mortal limitation. But sometimes we've given ourselves our own limitations. We've allowed unbiblical truths, or not truths, these lies to be spoken over us by ourselves or by other people and it's limiting what God can do with you in 2023. Now, blessing in the other side of that is bringing strength to another person's arm. Scott tells me all the time, man, you helped me get ahead. Do you know what that does for my heart? It strengthens me. Have I strengthened Scott? Yeah, I know. We've both strengthened each other a lot this year, this last year. Would it be kind of me and loving of me to tell Scott, just give up? No. Is that Jesus or is that the other guy? That's the other guy. That's the, that's the deceiver. That's the devil. He's going to tell you, you can't do anything this year. But God's inviting you up to this perspective to look out at your life and say, come on, where do you want to go? Do you want to get your New Year's resolution right? Come to me. I'll tell you what your New Year's resolution is.
Reminds us of our first, or our theme verse, right? But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance or through a keyhole, but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks where we're going. Beloved, this year, 2023, is all about speaking to who we are rather, who we can be rather than who we are right now. You have something to offer. You have something to offer to those around you, to this church. Do you know what it is? And if you don't know what it is, come and talk to us. Come and talk to me. I'll help you find it. We'll come to Jesus together. Jesus wants to multiply what he's made you, what, he's, what, he, what, what potential he sees in you. He wants to increase it. Don't let the limitations that others have spoken over you or you've spoken over yourself to slow down what God's going to do through you this year. Let's live into our potential as individual believers, but as a church, as a family of God, whatever ministry you're part of, ask yourself, what's the potential here? Let's expand what this ministry can do, what it is. Are you listening to curses or blessing? Don't put the cart before the horse. If you want to succeed in improving yourself, this year, start out right. Come to the Lord. <coughs> I'd encourage you to spend less time worrying about what your New Year's resolution is and more time exploring God's word and finding out what his perspective is and what he's prophesying and speaking over your life for you to succeed. Beloved, God sees your potential, and the question is, do you? Your limitations aren't what defines you. His perspective and the potential he sees in you is what defines you. Our theme verse today is this. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Why don't we say it together? But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance the Lord looks at the heart. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, as we come into 2023 right now, God. You know, let's do this. Everybody put your hands like this. Let's 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 surrender and let's receive from the Lord. Lord, we open up our hands to you in worship today right now, God, and we we release and surrender all of 2022 to you. All the brokenness, all the frustration, all the, all the things that didn't go right, all the things that we failed to do or other people failed to do for us, we give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as we surrender that, we keep our hand open to receive what good things you have for us. Lord, help us to see like David and Jesus our potential. Speak into our lives. God, send us a Zechariah. Send us a Simeon, send us an Anna. Send us those religious teachers to even recognize the potential that's there. Lord, help us to, to receive what you're speaking over us today. Lord, we, we, 
we take what you have for us and what you have to offer. Lord, we thank you that you are up in this hot air balloon perspective. That God, you are so full of grace and love that you're not just looking down at us, but you're throwing a rope down to us. All we have to do is grab on, hold on tight, and let you pull us up. So Lord, as we come into 2023, Jesus, we ask, and I pray over this place, that you would lead each and every one of us into your word. That you would lead us into your house of worship, whether it's this one or all the other ones around town. Maybe even some online, God, I just pray that you would lead us into your blessing, into your truth. That you'd help us to see our potential. And Lord, you'd take all those limitations, that you would, you'd help us to manage our weaknesses and play to our strengths. So Lord, thank you for seeing what, what we do in secret that's right. Thank you, God, that you see our potential. Father in heaven, I pray that you would, you would just lead us and guide us by your word, by your love, by your grace into a new season, a new year of blessing that's full of potential. Thank you, Jesus, in your name.